Welcome to Denim Wrapped Nightmares, Tipsy Exchange Podcast, where we explore the Supernatural series episode by episode. Over drinks, we'll discuss the lore, the gore, and what we adore about the Winchesters and their adventures. I'm Burley, and I'm a new fan of the series. I'm LA, and I'm here along for the ride. Now let's get tipsy. Hello, LA. Hello, Burley. We've been asked by a listener to start saying what we're drinking oh. during the episode. Oh, okay. Y'all are going to be so excited. We were really creative today with our beverages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking a black cherry white claw. And I'm drinking a mango one. Oh, my. So clever. Now, I also do have to say uh, thank you to Rain for telling me there was not going to be a trickster this season. Oh, because today's episode, I definitely would have thought it was the trickster. I could see that. That he like changed inspiration from Weekly World News to monster movies. Mm-hmm. But since I knew it at the beginning that that wasn't possible, I was able to be like, okay, that's not what's coming. If I hadn't known, I feel like I wouldn't have enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was so good. But before yeah. we talk this week, remind us where we were last week. Last week. Our last episode. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what was the name? I don't remember. Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. Uh, Sam and Dean discovered that Jack Montgomery was a Rougarou, a creature that starts as a human but changes into like a cannibal, flesh-eating monster. Mm-hmm. He didn't. Jack didn't know what was going on until he started, you know, wanting to eat people. Right. <laughs> so they let him in on it and told him, Sam. Felt like he understood what it was like to be a victim of like a twisted destiny. So he tried to reason with Jack and like convince him that he could, you know, control the urges and not eat people. But Dean didn't agree. And unfortunately, Jack proved that Dean was right. And then they killed him. It was it was it was a hard episode to watch. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of uncomfortable scenes. Mm -hmm. So this was a really nice little palate cleanser that came to us. Definitely. Today's episode is Monster Movie. It's the fifth episode of season four, and it originally aired on October 16th, 2008. We open up and it's black and white. We have a black and white WB logo, fully committed to the Monster Movie theme the entire episode. Mm -hmm. Credits and everything. Sam and Dean are driving into Pennsylvania to investigate a vampire mystery. Dean is really excited to have a case. You know, we're getting back to our old school ways. You know, he said something about, you know, it's a clear black and white case. Which <laughs> I, I did write that I like post-Hell Dean's spirit. He's a little more lighthearted and carefree. Yeah. Like it's just a, it's a little, he's different, a little different. He actually talks about it a little bit later in the episode, too. Yeah. But I agree. Death Wish, you know almost bitter mentality that we were seeing in season three. Like that's not there anymore. Sam is kind of distracted though. He's like, I mean, yeah, I'm excited to have a case, but it's the fucking apocalypse. It doesn't seem as important as it once did. Mm -hmm. And Dean just kind of points out, okay, we can't save the world today. We can go save these people though. And so Sam's just kind of like, okay, yeah, you're right. I love that as they're driving in, there's a sign that said, welcome to Pennsylvania. 
And when the lightning flashed, the sign changed to Transylvania. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a nice little touch. A ton of playing with light and shadows throughout this entire episode. Yeah. Even though it was super campy and obviously meant to be funny, it was also incredibly artistic. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that had anything to do with Surge the Sweetness or who did all of the stuff with the light play, but really creative. They pull into town and find themselves in the middle of Oktoberfest. Dean is really excited about this. He wants to go get a giant pretzel. They're in their suits. Sam's looking awfully good. His suit was fitting well. Yes. Looked real nice. They're introducing themselves to people as agents Angus and Young, which is a call out to ACDC lead guitarist. Hello. Shout out. (laughs) They see a sheriff and go talk to him. And the sheriff takes them to the morgue. Or he tells them to go to the morgue. I can't remember who's showing them in the morgue. So they're t- it is the sheriff? Yeah. Okay. So at the morgue, they're looking at the body of this first victim, the one who's been attacked by a vampire. And that there's a witness who straight up said it was a vampire. The victim is Marissa Wright. As they pull her out on the drawer, she's not a mangled mess with like the shark bite marks all over her. She looks perfectly fine, except for two giant puncture marks on her neck. So Sam and Dean are both looking at each other incredibly confused, because this is not what they were expecting to see at all. They ask about the witness, and the sheriff tells them, yeah, it's Ed, Ed Brewer. You're going to be able to find him at the tavern, Uh, but he's not exactly reliable. They head to the tavern to go hunt down Ed. And while they're there, Dean picks up flirting with a waitress that he saw walking around in town earlier. Her name's Jamie. And she points out where Ed is. They go sit down to talk to him. Ed is played by Michael Eklund, who also plays Bobo Del Rey in Sci-Fi Channel's Winona Earp. Oh. I recognized him immediately. (laughs) And he fully committed to this part. Isn't there an Eklund that works on the show? Edland. Edland. Oh, Ben Edland actually wrote this episode. Oh, okay. Maybe they're cousins. No, I I really (laughs) thought it was Eklund, so I don't know what I was thinking. They find him gulping from this, like, giant stein of beer with, like, the little lid on top. It was actually, like, an impressive-looking stein. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty. It was really pretty. It was huge. I love how he was opening the lid, taking a gulp, and then closing the lid with every single drink. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's very animated in telling them this story about how he was leaving the bar. He was cutting through the park and he noticed a couple over by the swing set. And at first he thought they were kissing, but then he noticed that the girl was actually struggling. And as he approached them, the guy looks at him and is like in a Dracula costume. (laughs) And he said, he said something like a vampire, like, Oh, away from me mortal and is like doing the arm across his face and everything and I loved the exchange uh, where he was like you know he looked like a vampire and they were like so was his skin like he's like like a vampire like everything (laughs) he had to say back was like a vampire yeah I loved that Sam you know it seemed like Sam was almost trying not to laugh during the interaction I don't know if that was Sam or if that was a little bit of Jared coming through (laughs) but it was a really cute scene I really enjoyed it after talking with Ed they decide that this is this isn't for them. There's something else going on here. It's clearly not really a vampire. This isn't our kind of thing. 
while Sam and Dean are walking up to the bar, Jamie, the bartender that Dean's been flirting with, has been talking with another waitress who we find out later her name's Lucy. She inexplicably blots her lipstick and then just like throws the napkin on the bar. Gross. And she does this throughout the entire episode. It was weird. It was annoying. Yeah. We we didn't care for that. And there's no explanation for it. No. It's like, don't, what are you doing? Going and putting on that much lipstick that you're needing to blot it that frequently throughout the day. But it ends up being important later. So whatever. And they do make it a point for us to see Sam, like pick up the napkin and look at it. Like what the hell? Mm -hmm. And like throw it down. Dean is flirting with Jamie more. And I like that. She's not falling for it right away. Like, Clearly, she has eyes and can tell he's attractive, but she's not swooning <laughs> over him right away or anything. So I, I liked this Jamie character a little bit. Yeah. Dean is trying to get her to go home with them, and she says, you know, I'm not going home with you, a guy from the bar on the first date. Sorry. He says that he's not sticking around town because this case, it's not weird enough for him and Sam. We cut to a couple making out in a car, and there's, like, the fog around the car. Oh, yeah. It was, like, perfect. Like, the big moon in the tree. Mm-hmm. Fog. Yeah. The music. Yeah. I thought we were going to see the vampire that Ed had described. Yeah. But that's not what we see. It ends up being, like, the wolf man, like, the werewolf, old school werewolf with the giant hands and the fur all mm-hmm. over the body creeping through the forest and rips this guy out of the car. And let me tell you, the guy, I mean, he was a creep. Oh, yeah. He was using the old blue balls excuse for pressuring his date into doing something that it seemed like she didn't particularly want to do. The window shatters and he gets pulled out of the window. The girl's screaming and we hear the noises. And that's when I realized we haven't had a blood splooge yet this season. Mm -hmm. I totally thought we were going to get one whenever we were hearing those noises of the body getting torn apart but nothing the next day sam and dean are talking to the young lady that was in the car her name's Anne marie and she's confirming with them that she saw rick her boyfriend get ripped out of the car and tells them it was a werewolf so it's kind of a similar uh, conversation to what they had just had with ed yeah where she says no like it was a werewolf I like how they don't, like have any hesitation. It'll be like, you're not going to believe me. Or like, they're, they're just like so mad. No, that's what it was. Yeah. I know what I saw. Yep. She's just slurping on her drink. It was like, I had the furry hands, the giant claws, the furry face, like all of it. It was, it was a werewolf. Just matter of fact, spits that out. So now Sam and Dean are intrigued and they're planning to stick around another day. <laughs> they go to examine the body. So we're following through the similar steps that they did the day before. Uh, but I wouldn't say what they got to take a peek at was necessarily a body. It was so gross. <laughs> Sam pulls out a pencil or something and starts digging around in it. And just the sounds, goopy sounds were so gross. Like he used some of it to scoop it up. Yeah. And since it was in black and white, it looked like brisket or something on the end mm-hmm. of his pen. Gross. It got tore the fuck up. But just like with the other case, with the previous victim... They're noticing like something's not adding up here because the heart was still there completely intact. And according to Sam, werewolves never leave the heart behind. Mm -mm. Didn't know that. I think they mentioned something about that in the episode heart. Oh, yeah. That would make sense. (laughs) The sheriff, the helpful sheriff, also pops in while they're looking at the body and reveals that they had sent some fibers for testing and they came back as like dog, canine, wolf hair. So Sam and Dean are confused. (laughs) 
They head back over to the bar and are chatting about the case over lunch, trying to figure out what's going on. Jamie, the bartender, comes over to check in on them, drop off a couple of free beers since they're there working the case and hopefully going to save the town. And she and Dean make plans to meet up when she gets off at her shift at midnight. Is that when Dean talked about getting, uh, he needed to get laid for his his virginity? I think so. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Go into detail. It was just, he was saying like when he came back from hell, he didn't have any more of his like scars from his, from bullet wounds or knives. I think he said his what his butt was smooth as a baby or something like that. (laughs) So yeah. So he was like, so, so technically he's a virgin again. And he needed, oh, what did he say? He's been rehymenated. Yeah. Ridiculous. What the fuck? And he was very excited about it. Like, he believes this fully. Oh, yeah. He's a virgin. His, yeah, he is a virgin, and he needs to right some wrongs, he said. Mm-hmm. Sam, of course, is like, you're full of shit. Mm. I'm going home. I'm, I'm going to the motel, and I'm going to bed. <laughs> During all this, in the meantime, we cut to the Museum of Natural History. And a security guard is on the phone talking to their manager, their employer, being like, were you expecting a shipment? Like, I don't know what's going on. There's this big-ass thing that was on the dock, which how did he move that in there by himself? Oh, right. It looks huge. But then I guess we did find out later it was a prop, so maybe it wasn't heavy. As he's on the phone, the lid to this giant thing, which it's a sarcophagus, and it's covered in, like, cobwebs and... All of that, the lid to the sarcophagus starts to move, and we see these hands coming out. Then it cuts over to the security guard, and we hear like this thud of the lid. He turns around and he sees the hands sticking out of the sarcophagus. They're wrapped in gauze, so we've got ourselves a mummy now. And he like floats up out of the sarcophagus. Which how did he how did he do that? What what kind of superpowers do shapeshifters have? Spoiler, it's a shapeshifter. (laughs) Anyway, like levitates out of the sarcophagus and strangles the security guard to death. Like no eyes or anything. No. It was great makeup. Lots of teeth. Yeah, a lot of teeth, like the skin all pulled back, no eyeballs, wilted dead skin. It was great makeup. I, I assume it was makeup. Maybe it was more special effects. Yeah. But it looked amazing. Again, I thought we were going to get a blood splooge here. I thought it was going to show a blood splooge, but nothing. No. Nothing. Particularly because it was a black and white movie, I thought we were going to have more gore. Yeah. But that's okay. It was still really good. Dean and Sam are investigating the case. They get called in to take a look at everything. And that's when they discover the sarcophagus is from some local prop house. The guy even created his own special effects by putting dry (laughs) ice, like a little tiny bucket of dry ice in the sarcophagus. I mean, you can't say there was a lack of effort. No, no, he's, he's getting it down to the details. Yeah. <laughs> As they're checking everything out, Dean realizes that he's late for his date with Jamie. He's like, okay, you got this. And Sam's like, yeah, I got it. Go, go, go. While Jamie's waiting, she's given up, thinks that Dean is standing her up, says, you're lost, G-man, starts walking away. As she turns the corner, she runs into Dracula. And he looks- Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> As one does. Yeah. And he looks exactly like how Ed was describing mm-hmm. the movie monster Dracula with the cape and the medallion and everything that Ed described earlier. He calls Jamie Mina and is telling her that she's his reincarnated bride. And she pulls out mace and sprays it in his face and then takes off running and runs right into Dean. 
So then the vampire Dracula comes around the corner and calls Dean Harker and is saying Harker is not going to get in the way, which the only reason I know this stuff is because Dracula, the movie, I never read the book. Yeah. So Dean is Keanu in this whole Mm -hmm, situation. mm -hmm. And Jamie is Winona. Dean punches the vampire and it's like nothing. Then he punches them again, and the vampire grabs Dean and slams him up against the wall. So we've got super strength and the power of levitation mm-hmm. with this monster. Dean tells Jamie to run, so she takes off. And as Dean is struggling with the Dracula, he grabs his ear and pulls, and the <sighs> ear just comes off in his hand. <sighs> Gross. That's when we figure out, okay, we have a shapeshifter on our hands. I did not. That did not click for me at that moment. <laughs> I was like, oh, he put on prosthetic ears. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, why would he do that? And then I was like, oh, okay. Okay. We do know it's not a trickster, though. So Correct. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm still a little disappointed. Like, I knew it wasn't going to well, be. We but... know. We know you are. <laughs> After Dean rips off Dracula's ear, he's like, fuck, ow, and runs away. <laughs> Dean tries to chase after him, but the vampire Dracula like leaps over this really tall gate. Mm -hmm. And I swear it looked like Dean tried to do the same thing. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. He didn't make a 12 foot jump and Dracula escapes on his moped. Oh my God. It was so like the funny, just like so (laughs) dumb. And he's just like slowly driving off in his little Vespa, like just going along. It looked so funny. It was hilarious. I cackled. I was laughing so hard. We cut back to the bar. Sam has met up with Dean, and Dean is showing him the ear they ripped off the guy's head. They're talking about how, yeah, like it feels like the skin of a shapeshifter. Dean also shows the medallion that he happened to rip off of Dracula's costume, and they see it's from the same prop house that the sarcophagus came from. So Sam is kind of theorizing that the shapeshifter is reenacting horror movies. And as Dean and Jamie are telling Sam more about what happened during their little confrontation, Sam is telling them about Mina and Jonathan Harker and that they're characters from the book Dracula. And Sam theorizes that the shapeshifter must be fixated on Jamie for some reason. So he must have been around and starts asking Jamie, has anybody new moved to town within you know the past few weeks or anything like that at first jamie's not thinking of anybody you know she's like it's oktoberfest there's been a shitload of new people around i don't know who this could be like people have been in and out all freaking month and then she says well i mean it could be ed he moved here a while back he comes here every night my friend lucy swears he has a big crush on me so sam decides he's gonna go check out ed and dean is going to stay with jamie During this time, Dean and Jamie are chatting. She's obviously asking questions about monsters. I mean, she just had this whole wide world opened up to her with this whole shapeshifter conversation and everything. Dean confesses that they're not really with the FBI. And she says that, like, your life must suck. (laughs) That You just drive around the country looking for these monsters to hunt down on your own dime. Like, no thank you, no nothing. Like, that fucking sucks. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, why is this your responsibility? Dean actually mentions that for a few years, that's really where his mind was going. That's Mm -hmm. what his mindset was starting to think. But then something happened. He said he had a very near-death experience. 
And since then, he's just changed his whole mindset about it. So to L.A.'s point, we've got a different Dean right now. That... At least we like this one. <laughs> what? So I said at least we like this one. Although I will say Sam was cute in this episode. Oh, he's better. <laughs> we do have a different Sam right now as well. But yeah, I didn't hear you grumbling or getting upset yeah. with Sam no, this episode. He was, he, he was okay. <laughs> he was sweet. I'll take, I'll take this, this episode, Sam. This Sammy is okay? Yeah. All right. Uh, Dean says something about how, you know, he feels more like he's on a mission from God now and that it feels good. He's saving people and it, and he's he's happy with it again. So, of course, he and Jamie start making out. As that's happening, Lucy suddenly pops in and turns on the light and says that she's got something going on. She just came to the bar to borrow a bottle. Jamie says, yeah, you know, don't leave. Hang out. Have a drink. Which I thought was kind of weird because if she had something going on and came there to borrow a bottle, wouldn't you say, I just told you I have something going on. I'm not going to stay. Right. But that's not what happens. Lucy says, sure, and comes over and joins them at the booth. Poor Dean. Really awkward. Yeah. Dean clearly was just like, yeah, come join us for a drink. Like, clearly didn't want her to. And I guess I kind of get why Jamie invited her to, just trying to be nice and make it not so awkward. But it would have been weird that... Lucy accepted that invitation. Yeah. You just, I would have been like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> See you tomorrow. And even if you did tell me to come have a drink, I would have been like, no, it's yeah, good. Exactly. Like I said, I'm just coming here to borrow a bottle. Y'all have fun. Talk to you later. It was weird. She accepted the invitation. I think so too. That but, should have been our first hint. Yes, but we know why. <laughs> we didn't know why at the time. We just kind of thought that's weird. We see Sam walking into an old movie theater where Ed apparently works. And even though it's the middle of the night, this is where Sam goes to check out Ed. Turns out Ed was hanging out in there in just like a wife beater and tidy whities. So I guess he lives in the theater. I mean, does he? Or is he just weird (laughs) and just playing an instrument with no pants on? There was a ton of cool shadow play in this scene, though, from mm-hmm. the moment Sam was walking in the theater, his long ass shadow coming in. When they cut to him walking down the aisle of the theater, it shows the movie screen and Ed is behind the screen going nuts on like an organ or a piano or something. It's like the shadow of him. Yeah, it was really cool. It was like a giant shadow screen. And again, the actor, Michael Elkin, or Elkland, was just going to town with his physicality, making it look as weird and as creepy as possible. The scene was phenomenal. I loved this whole scene. Sam confronts Ed, played by Michael Elkland. I switched up names there. I'm trying. Sorry, that's probably, that's totally my fault. No, but like, I don't want to confuse listeners. They're going to be like, who the fuck is Michael? Michael is playing Ed. So Ed is who I'm talking about. Sam confronts him, tries to rip his ear off, and is like, it's supposed to come off. And Ed goes, no, it isn't. No, no, dude. (laughs) And Sam's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I just like the jam on the Casio. What are you doing? What the fuck? It's never addressed why Ed is sitting there with no pants on. Yeah, I was going to say, if I was Sam, I'd be like, why are you, where are your pants? (laughs) Weird, dude. Sam doesn't mention it. He just lets Ed go. He's he's really just too weirded out. He's like, I gotta go. I gotta get the fuck out of here. Get away from you. In the meantime, back at the bar, Jamie, Lucy, and Dean are hanging out, having drinks. Lucy fucking blots her lipstick again. And as she's doing this, we noticed, like, Jamie is slurring. We're like, shit, how many drinks have they had? Didn't they invite her for one? Like, what the hell's happening? 
Dean notices that Jamie seems out of it as well. And as he notices it about Jamie, his vision starts to blur. And he realizes they got roofied. And immediately reaches across the table and punches Lucy in the face. Hitting another lady, man. I know. I mean, we, you know, this one's not really a lady. But... Yeah, but still. <laughs> Just, there seems to be I an... really like this new Dean, but not that part of him. Right? Where he's hitting ladies. Being real violent towards women. I mean, come on. Let's, let's pull it back, guys. Mm-hmm. Let's pull it back. You don't have that many women in the show. Can, can we, like, yeah. reel it in? She flies out of the booth. Dean pushes Jamie out and gets out of the booth just before Jamie passes out. And he shatters a a bottle on the table. Didn't have to hit it that hard, but that's okay. It was still effective. (laughs) He he hit it in just the right place and applied just the right amount of pressure, apparently, for this bottle to shatter. So he had a weapon, but it was too late. He completely passes out. Lucy stands up and stomps his face, even though he's completely unconscious for some reason. It was a cool shot. I will say that. The shot from the ground up and her foot yeah. coming down. But I was also like, well, unnecessary. Unnecessary. He's already out. By the time Sam returns to the bar to let Dean know it's not this Ed guy, Dean and Lucy are gone. But Sammy Smarty Pants finds the blotted lipstick napkin again and puts two and two together that the shifter is actually Lucy. I still want to know why they did that. Why they blotted their lipstick so much? Yeah. I mean, we don't know what the shapeshifter's true form was, right? Yeah. Because we find out the Lucy character was actually one of the brides from the first Dracula movie, an actress. So that wasn't even their true form. Right. Whatever the gender, I'm assuming they weren't used to wearing lipstick. Mm. But they were putting on a lot of lipstick to try and look like that actress from the movie. And so maybe that's why they were blotting it so much. And didn't understand the hygiene of how disgusting it was that they were just leaving their blotted lipstick napkins all over the place. It was probably a man. <laughs> yeah. Who didn't know better. But there's plenty of women who don't know better either. So I don't know. Sure. I don't know. I don't know why they were doing that. They had, Sam had to have some sort of hint to figure out who it was. That's, yeah. that's why the issue, that's why that was happening. <laughs> when Dean comes to, he is, Essentially in what looks like a dungeon. It's massive. And he has been dressed in Lederhausen (laughs) for some reason. It's never explained. It's never addressed. I liked it. Sam mentioned something about seeing him in Lederhausen. And it's like, why are you in Lederhausen? And Dean's just like, shut up. And they just move past it. He calls him Hansel. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I don't remember Jonathan Harker or Harker. Is it Harker? Yeah. Or Harkin. Yeah. Well, I don't remember him ever being described as being dressed in Lederhausen. Like, really into Oktoberfest. He just really likes the Oktoberfest theme. Yeah. He's strapped to like this table. He's tilted up. The Dracula shapeshifter has the intention of electrocuting him, but he stops in his dramatic, slow reach for the switch because the doorbell rings and it's a pizza delivery. All of the actors in this episode nailed it, in my yeah. opinion. Like, even the pizza delivery guy, they all. Nailed it. Like, he could not be more bothered having to deal with this guy. (laughs) Who was, like, still in character. Still being the dramatic Dracula. Which, if you're the pizza delivery guy from town, wouldn't you have been like, oh my god, you're the guy who killed that girl the other day. How would he have known that? Because Ed was telling everyone it was a Dracula. Dracula. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not to mention, oh my god, you live in this weird house that has at least three levels, I'm thinking. 
And the bottom level is a creepy dungeon basement. The middle level is just like suburban house. And the upper level is castle bedroom. <laughs> Bizarre. I was trying to figure out the blueprint of this house during this whole scene. I was like, what is happening? The monster goes and visits Lucy. Lucy is up on the third. I, I'm thinking it's the third floor <laughs> castle bedroom. Okay. So Dean is in the dungeon basement. Then we have the middle part where he talked to the pizza delivery guy. And it just looks like your typical suburban living room and hallway. And then we've got the third floor castle bedroom. And that's where Lucy is. So Dracula presents Lucy with the pizza and that they're going to have a nice dinner. And that this pizza dinner requires formal attire. Mm -hmm. So Lucy needs to change into a gown. And he's real aggressive about it whenever she tries to tell him, I don't want to play your fucking game. Yeah. I don't, you're killing people. This isn't cute. I don't want to put on your stupid dress. I just want to go home. It's real mean with her. So she ends up giving in and changing into the dress. Then we get our whole, I'm a monster, but be empathetic for me scene where he explains that he was abused as a child. He was called a monster. And then when he found the monster movies, he actually thought they were beautiful. They were strong. They were intimidating. And, you know, that whole I'd rather be feared than loved kind of thing starts going through. And she points out, or you're just fucking lonely. You kill, like, you're lonely, so you kill people. And he's like, or do I kill people because I'm lonely? <laughs> Luckily, Sam has found the house and is going through to let Dean out. So they hear a noise and Jamie immediately starts screaming for Dean. So, you know, Dracula, because he's so in love with Jamie and he cares about her so much he bitch slaps her and knocks her out so she falls on the bed. So we've got two women getting hit in this episode. Yeah. Sam rescues Dean and they go to a door to make their escape. Sam goes to kick the door and his foot goes right through it and the door just falls over. So everything that looks like it's a dungeon, looks like it's a castle, all this stuff, it's all prop stuff. It doesn't explain how fucking huge these rooms are. God, yeah, huge. They're massive. <laughs> The rooms are massive for a little suburban house in Pennsylvania. It doesn't explain that away, but these are apparently all props that this monster guy has brought into the home to set everything up and get it looking the way he wants it to. We even see Sam go flying through one of the stone walls later, crashes through the wall, no problem, and then hits a regular wall on the other side. So, but the rooms are still huge, yeah. very high ceilings. I want to see the blueprints of this house. <laughs> Sam and Dean get upstairs to where Lucy is. They have a tussle with the monster. Like I said, Sam flies through the wall. The monster is beating Dean's ass. Dean actually drops his gun. But right when the monster is about to strike Dean again, he gets shot through the chest from behind. And Three times, I think. Yeah, she took care of him. She knew how to handle a gun, so I was really thankful for that. Good job, Jamie. The monster turns around. Obviously, I don't know about you, but I thought it was Sam at first. I did too, yeah. Yeah, but the camera pans over, and we see it is, in fact, Jamie, that she's the one who picked up the gun. She regained consciousness, picked up the gun, and shot the Dracula. And he says the infamous line from King Kong, I think it is, it was beauty that killed the beast. Mm -hmm. And he has his nice, dramatic death scene talking about how, yes, you're right, this is how the movie should end. You know, he was going on a monologue earlier in the episode about how his movie was going to end with the monster winning the girl and the hero dying and all this other stuff. But he was like, yeah, you're right. This is how it should end. And he dies in a chair. 
We cut to the next day. Dean and Jamie are making out in front of Sam, and Sam's just awkwardly standing there watching them for some reason, rather than waiting in the car or whatever. Weird, but oh well. She thanks them for saving her life, and Sam does admit, you know what? It was good to be back on the job after all. You know, this this was nice. I'm happy we did this, bro. They're talking about how life would be easier if it was more like a movie, and Sam says that he knows exactly what movie Dean would want his life to be like. Dean says, no, you don't. Sam's like, yeah, I do. They go back and forth for a little bit. And Sam says, it's Porky's too. Which I've never seen the second one. Mm-mm, I haven't either. Now I want to because I want to get the joke. It's probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I can't imagine it's a banger. Yeah. yeah that he. I, I mean, not good that that's what he would want to recreate. <laughs> recreate. I can't talk. Dean just says, lucky guess. And that's the end of the episode. Which I was like, I, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, I get it. Like, if I have the means to, like, recreate it, one of my favorite movies, like, why not? That'd be fun. I'd want willing participants, though. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean. And I don't think I'd kill people, you know? No, well, no. <laughs> I mean, my my movie wouldn't be about that. But I get it. I get it. I get his jam. I mean, I re- reenact movies and stuff like that all the time whenever I'm just, like, bored around the house, you know, pretend I'm in this scenario. <laughs> To make things more interesting. It was written by Ben Edlund and directed by Robert Singer. So gore. Uh, like I said, there weren't any blood splooges. I would guess the goriest thing is when they were looking at the werewolf Ugh, victim body. Yeah, I think so. Did you adore anything about this episode? Uh, I adored seeing Dean and Lederhosen. <laughs> um, and I also, like I said, I liked when he was talking about kind of like being reborn after... Yeah. After going to hell and all that. And I just, yeah. Dean. Dean for me, this one. Dean was really cute Always. in this one. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You do tend to drift toward Dean. I do love my Sam, though. You do. And it, you were this... you were very happy with him in this episode. Yes. He was cute. He was cute again. Sammy looked good in his suit. Mm-hmm. It was, it fit nicely. God, when he was walking up those stairs at the movie theater, I was like, God, he's such such a big guy. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I liked uh, another campy episode. We haven't seen a whole lot of camp since the first half of season three. We've had some entertaining episodes, but this was camp and it was done well. I agree. It was done really well. I also really enjoyed the playing with light and shadows. Yes. Yeah. I liked that too. Really artistic and wonderful. Mise-en-scene was very good in Mm -hmm. this episode. Mm -hmm. It was really nice. And just the black and white choice. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that as well. I, I thought it was going to get old by the end of the episode, but oh, it didn't. No. It didn't. Yeah. It was it was so good. I really enjoyed all that. Me too. All right. Lore. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go over some like origin stories of some of the little monsters they had in the, the episode. Obviously, Dracula. This says general vampire mythology may predate him, but Vlad the Impaler was actually called Dracula, which means son of the dragon in Latin. And that's where everybody believes that Bram Stoker got his idea for Dracula, the book. Dracula. Dracula. Yeah, the book's called Dracula. No. Yes? I think so. Mm, Okay. (laughs) I know the movie is. He obviously was not an immortal bloodsucker, but he was a ruler of a part that is now Romania. He was pretty much famous for impaling the heads of the people he killed on stakes not a great guy i remember that introductory scene from the movie oh yeah 
And then we got werewolves. The concept goes back to the epic of Gilgamesh. I really like to say Gilgamesh. <laughs> Uh, but there was a time when people thought that they were real. I think those deaths were mostly attributed to human serial killers. But people seem to uh, liked like the idea of having like a mythical fall guy instead of believing that there was just a crazy person ripping people apart. That's not a lot of our lore. Where it's like people just used it as an excuse for yeah. this horrible it's like, thing they did themselves. No, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want to think that that is real. So let's just think think about it this way. And that will feel better. A person couldn't have possibly done this. Yeah. So it must be this man, wolf, crazy monster thing Mm -hmm. that exists and you couldn't possibly fight it off and it'll come and attack you in your sleep. Yeah. I'd rather believe that Mm -hmm. than that it was just a person. (laughs) That's scarier. (laughs) I like in this, uh, this article says some of them even confess to being werewolves, apparently just for funsies. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I like whoever wrote this. Okay, and then we have mummies. Nope. Yes, we have mummies. Mummies were real. We know. I hope everybody knows that. I mean, they didn't come alive, obviously. but They didn't levitate. Yeah. And walk around and strangle people? Right. Okay. That we know of. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were all the rage in the 19th and 20th centuries. And the opening of King Tut's tomb in 1922 was a big story. And especially after some of the people involved in the expedition started dying. So then, of course, that that brought up the rumors of a curse. It turns out they didn't actually die in statistically significant numbers. But it was enough for uh, Universal Studios to turn it into a monster movie. Hmm. And now it's a whole thing. Interesting. Yes. I'll talk about a couple others just because they're fun. It's fun. So Frankenstein's monster, Mary Shelley's modern Prometheus, was uh, inspired by science shows that were popular at the time that she was known to attend. And performers used electricity to move limbs of animal carcasses uh, because 19th century life was boring and gruesome. Oh, my God. And then this this is the one I didn't know. Wait a minute. Hang on. I need to I need us to come back to that. Oh. So they would take like dead animals and put them on sh- on stage and then like shock them so the bodies would move mm-hmm. and people would be like, "Ooh," and like this is entertaining for us. Mm-hmm. And then Mary Shelley went, "I'm going to do it with a man." Yep. Okay. I did not know that. I didn't either. <laughs> so Mr. Hyde Okay. Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde. Robert Louis Stevenson's story of a man leading a chemical double life was inspired by the crimes of a wealthy craftsman who burglarized his neighbor's homes to support his various habits and a doctor who murdered his wife. Uh, there were no por- potions involved, but it was apparently a groundbreaking notion that a guy could be both rich and bad. Oh, my God. Well, they were real fucking naive back then. Right? <laughs> yeah. So those are the little origin stories of their their little monsters in the show today. Cute. Well, quote to close it out. Actually closed out the episode itself. Ish. A little bit. Kind of. Drink you done with both of them already? No, oh, almost. Yeah. Sorry. This quote is from Dean. He says, hero gets the girl, monster gets the gank. All in all, happy ending. With a happy ending, no less. Oh, God. Cheers. Cheers.
Thank you for listening to Denim Wrapped Nightmares. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram, leave a review, and let us know how we can get involved in the fandom. This was fun. Jerk. It always is, bitch. <laughs>